You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. So we thank God for His grace. Amen. Thank God for His grace. God is busy with all of us to take us from where we are to where God wants us to be. Have you ever seen somebody bake some bread? Have you ever tasted good bread? Some countries just make better bread than others. But before bread can be a good quality bread, it has to go through a whole process. There's certain ingredients that must be in that bread. If you leave out certain ingredients, the bread will not be the quality it's supposed to be. There's actually a whole process where there's some water involved and there's some hands involved. Sometimes fists to work at it a little bit. Has life been working at you a little bit? The thing in making a bread, if you try to speed up the process or try and take some shortcuts, you mess it up. There's a time where you just have to leave it so that it can go through the process. All of us, even in what we do, we sometimes have to leave it for God to mark it, to approve what we've done. The biggest mistake we make in life is we want to take shortcuts. And when you take shortcuts, it's often in that time that you short-circuit yourself. Taught my son when he started gymming. Teach my daughter the same. But when he started doing push-ups, you know, when you start doing push-ups, it's tough and difficult, especially in the beginning. I said, if you jippo on a push-up, you jippo yourself. Because later on, you'll see the effects. But if you do it right from the beginning, you know how to do it right. Even if it's tough, do it the right way. But if you try and do jippo push-ups, I don't know if you've seen all these funny things when people do push-ups. When you do it wrong, it looks funny. This will bring me to our sermon topic for today. No shortcuts. People today are complaining about so many things. They look at their lives and they say, I should have more of this if I could just have that. Rebuking this and rebuking that. But you never ever hear somebody rebuking and complaining and saying, why am I in such a big house? Please, can I just be in a smaller house? Why am I going from this point to that point in this way? But you always hear them complaining, why am I in a taxi? I should have my own car. But you never hear anybody say, "Mm, I should never be in this taxi. I should rather be walking. We're always looking at our outward situation and thinking, what is the way? Or what can I do to get what I want sooner and quicker? And oftentimes through this, we short circuit ourselves. God is busy with a process. Amen. Because we look from our natural point of view, we don't sometimes realize that that very thing that we think is a blessing can be the very thing keeping us back. Turn with me in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians 2 verse 9. This is why the scriptures say, things never discovered or heard of before, things beyond our ability to imagine, these are the many things God has in store for all his lovers. 
You know what this means? It means you're included in God's master plan. Sometimes you have to go through certain things to prepare you for the greater things. It was the lion and the bear that David killed that prepared him for the giant. Without the lion and the bear, how would he be ready for the giant? It was the giant that prepared him to be king. Many of us have the promise to be a king, but we're running away from the giant and the bear. We're running away from the Goliath that you have to face. All that you do when you run away from those things, you're postponing the day of facing those things because you're looking for a shortcut to get to your destiny and there's no shortcuts to destiny. You have to allow God to do what he wants to do. You are part of God's master plan. If you believe it's God's master plan, allow him to do it. Even Adam, when he was made, he was formed. He was shaped. He was molded. And then he was filled with the presence of God. You yourself have to go through a process of molding, of shaping, of forming, and then being filled with God's glory. In today's society, we just say, Lord, give me the glory. But we don't want to go through the molding and the shaping. How can you be a vessel of honor if you've not allowed God to mold you and to shape you? Everybody is looking for shortcuts. Amen? Who never looks for a shortcut? A shortcut is simply trying for the way to get to your destination without traveling the path that you should travel. There's no shortcuts. Even Jesus had to travel the path that he had to travel. Jesus had the ability to stop it and to change it because he was God. But he said, no. I'll walk the walk that I'm supposed to walk. It was through that process that he was taught obedience. Nobody of us are naturally just obedient. All of us wanted our own way. Your will and not God's will. But when we say Christians, we are saying, I want to conform to God's will, God's way of doing things. And when it comes to God, there's no shortcuts. Turn with me in your Bibles to 1 Peter 5 verse 10. Are you there? I want to read from three different translations. This is the year with the difference. We always want the short, easy way. But God is always ready to stretch your faith. Remember Moses, when he had to go through the Red Sea, he lifted his staff and stretched out his hand. Nothing happened. It was only when he put his feet in the water that the waters opened up. Sometimes we just want to do the easy part. But we're not prepared to take that step. Peter and John 
the man at the gate beautiful. Jesus had walked past him how many times and never prayed for him. But this day, Peter, when the man was begging, he said, Silver and gold I do not have in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Get up and walk. Even when he had given the instruction in faith and told the man, Get up and walk. The man didn't get up and walk. It was only when Peter stretched out his hand and took him by the arm and pulled him up that healing came. God will always stretch your faith to the next level. Sometimes it's not just praying it and saying it, but it will require some action of yours. We want the shortcut and just pray. Claim it, frame it, say it, and have it. We've all been taught that. But sometimes faith will require some action from your side. And God always wants to stretch your faith a little bit further. Amen? So that you don't rely on your own ability, but on God's ability. It's so sad that people only want to accomplish that which they can do by themselves. Whereas God wants to do something much greater. If you can accomplish your dream by yourself, it's too small. Because then you only need yourself. But when you say it's a dream from God, it's much bigger than yourself. Now you need a big God to help you. And it will stretch your faith. When we started with a building project, we didn't have any money to do anything. But we said, let's get the bush cutters and start clearing the land. And as we took that step of faith with the bush cutters and started cutting the grass and clearing the land, God said, these people have faith. They've taken the first step. And when you take that first step, God is taking 10 more steps to help you. There's no shortcuts. It was not just saying, we're going to build, we're going to do it. There was a time when there was action required from our side as well. Not presumption, but knowing that God has said, do it, and now you can take that step of faith. 1 Peter 5 verse 10. I'm going to read from three different translations. I'm reading from the Passion Translation. And then... After your brief suffering, the God of all loving grace who has called you to share in His eternal glory in Christ will personally and powerfully restore you and make you stronger than ever. Yes, He will set you firmly in place and build you up. And He has all the power needed to do this forever. Amen. He says, there's going to be a bit of suffering. The molding time is suffering. The forming time is suffering. But he says after this brief suffering, God personally is going to work in your life to restore and to make you stronger than ever before. You know what is one of the most forming things for any man when you get married? Because you are selfish. Everything is about you. When you are young, when you're in your 20s, you're very selfish. You think everything is about you. Just be honest. You get married so that she can make you feel better. You get married because you're so awesome and she can now love you more. 
you get married so that she can become a better cook than your mother? Should I go on? The lady's the same. You've also got this wonderful thing where you think Mr. Perfect must be perfect the whole time. And you think you're perfect and now you've married Mr. Perfect and now he's just going to become more awesome. You quickly find out there's no shortcuts in marriage. If you want to make it better, you have to die to yourself. You quickly find out your wife's cooking does not taste like your mother's. Am I the only one who wrote those tests? I remember the first time my wife made mince. And I looked at the mince and I said, where's the vegetables? And she said, there's onions in it. I said, that's not vegetables, that's onions. Where's the vegetables? My mother puts vegetables in it. She says, I'm not your mother. She says, you can be glad there's onions in it. I actually prefer making it without onions. I've compromised. And you realize how much you have to die to yourself, how arrogant you are, because mince can upset you so much that you can surrender all your emotions and feelings to mince that cannot hug you, that cannot smile at you, cannot tell you it loves you. And your wife will just tell you, if you like it that way, you can make it yourself. Make it like your mother makes it. After you've suffered a while. Amen? You quickly realize, to get upset, eating mincemeat the way your wife likes it, is no suffering. You know what's the best part about it? My daughter today makes mince the way her mother makes it, not the way my mother ma used to make it. <laughs> they add green peppers for me today. There's no shortcuts to a happy marriage. There's no shortcuts to a great destiny. David had to go through everything. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had to go through what they went through. Daniel had to go through the lion's den. There are certain unchangeable events that you can run away from, but all that you are doing, you are postponing that day. Jonah tried to run away, got swallowed by a whale. You can make it easy and go through it. Take it as a lesson in life. God that's in control of your life, taking you from where you are to where he wants you to be. God wants to establish you, perfect everything concerning you. A matter of fact, this whole context is where the devil comes like a roaring lion, seeing who he may devour. If you go read the few verses in front of that. He tried to do the same with Jesus. So if we're looking at the life of Jesus, we want to be like Jesus. There was a time of suffering in his life. But there's always the time of restoration, the time of blessing. The problem today is we want to run away. Don't face the giant. But it's that giant that you will slay that will help you to be king. It's the same anointing that helped him to kill the lion and the bear that helped him kill the giant. What did he say to King Saul? He said, that lion 
when it wants to take the lamb that I have to look after. That assignment that I see is an assignment from God to look after the sheep. When a lion comes, I'll take the lamb out of his mouth. I'll kill the bear because God is with me. See, this giant will be no different. He might be bigger, but he's still an enemy of my God. It's not personal. He's come against my God. I will kill him. And these things become spiritual beacons in our lives, knowing that we don't have to take shortcuts. The New King James says, But may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you've suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. There's one negative thing, the small suffering, but then God says, I'm going to perfect everything concerning you. I'm going to establish you, I'm going to strengthen you, and I'm going to settle you. Settle it in your heart. When you know the process that you are going through is for the glory of God to get you to where God wants you, you'll change your attitude. Joseph said at the end, brothers, don't you come and say, you were the one who threw me in the pit. You were the ones who's the reason for me to be in Egypt. He says, it was not you, it was God. God took me from where I was to where he wanted me so that I can bring salvation to all of you. Change your attitude about what you are going through. Don't run away from it. Don't postpone that day. But go through it. There's no shortcuts. God wants to establish you, perfect everything concerning you, and settle you. Many of you are not settled. Trying to run away from that process. Don't your neighbor say there's no shortcuts. Listen to what the New Living Translation says. In his kindness, God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. So after you have suffered a little while, he will restore, support, and strengthen you, and he will place you on a firm foundation. There's no shortcuts. In fact, in knowing Jesus, it's not just seeking the miracles, but it's learning his ways. In this, God wants to show you and teach you His ways. He's in control of your life. If we want to experience resurrection power, there should be a little bit of discomfort. Because before resurrection, there was death. Many of us have to die to ourselves. Because we wanted our way or the highway. Amen? What's God's ways? Sometimes God uses foolish things to just show you how much you still have to change. Sometimes God will use mincemeat with no vegetables to reveal a bad attitude in your heart. Turn to your neighbor and say, God uses foolish things. In marriage, God has used many foolish things to reveal things in my heart. Sometimes I get angry about a cap that's not on a tomato sauce bottle. Or on a toothpaste. The cap that's not on the toothpaste. Am I the only one that gets upset by little small things like that? And you can surrender all your emotions to a white little cap 
that's not on toothpaste. It's true. And sometimes God uses foolish things just to show you what's going on in your heart. When you say, Lord Jesus, fill me with your love until it overflows to others. Let me be an instrument to love people. Lord, I want to help people. Lord, I'm sure you've called me to minister to a lot of people, to care for people. And then on your way to work, somebody cuts in front of you and you get angry. Or you want to walk into the office because you're a little bit late and now somebody else jumps in front of you. Or you wait in the queue to quickly get where you have to and people push in front of the queue the whole time. And instead of moving forward, you're moving backwards the whole time. And God uses foolish things to reveal things in our heart. And I suddenly realize, maybe I don't have so much love as I think I have. Maybe God still has to deal with some things. Amen? And you get to a place where you pass that test, and it's not an issue anymore. And you say, thank you, Jesus, for dealing with that in my life. I'm settled now. I see you busy perfecting everything in my life, Lord. I don't get upset about mincemeat anymore. Tomato sauce cap does not upset me anymore, Lord. Lord says, okay, you've passed the tomato sauce cap test now. Now we can take you to some real tests. And some of us get stuck on little toothpaste caps and tomato sauce caps and onions in the mince. And 23 years later, you're still upset about it. And what has changed in your life? And now you're fighting about every little thing. Because we want to take shortcuts. Instead of God says, okay, deal with me on this, Lord. Help me, Lord. When you confess your sin, God can deal with it. Amen. <laughs> some of you have also some repenting to do <laughs> about these kind of things. Amen. Don't allow the problems you are facing today to pull you down and tear you apart. Don't let something like, using a simple example, because these are things that have ups upset me in the past. You know, when you bump over the cool drink, and it spills over the table. You bump it over. And then you start shouting. Who didn't put the cap on the cool drink? Because if you put the cap on the cool drink. Even if I bumped it over. It wouldn't spill. And Coca-Cola. Takes control of your emotions. Can you see how we need to mature? How small little things rule our emotions. Porter said, if you want to live more, you must master the art of appreciating the little everyday blessings of life. This is not altogether a golden world, but there are countless gleams of gold to be discovered in it if we give our minds to them. We will definitely come out stronger. Struggles will make you stronger. Ask Daniel, his struggles made him stronger. Ask Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, his struggles made him stronger. It's oftentimes your struggles that allows you to draw closer to God, to hold on more to God. And God uses these foolish things 
to shape us and to form us. When you face a disappointment, do you run to God or do you run away from God? Because just through that action and behavior, you're confessing your weakness. Your heart is being revealed. We want to take shortcuts. Sometimes we think we can spite God. Oh God, you didn't help me. Well, I'm not ushering anymore. Oh God, you didn't help me. I'll show you Sunday. I will not be on church on time. I'll come late just to show you. You don't want to be on time with me. I'm not going to be on time with you. <laughs> God is God. <coughs> Walk outside and look up to the heavens. Do you see how high the heavens are? That's how high God is and even higher. <laughs> Your behavior here on earth does not affect God. It affects you and the people around you. That's what Elihi said to Job. He said to Job, he said, listen here. Look up and see how high God is. Do you think your behavior really affects God? It doesn't affect God. The only people you affect through your behavior is the people around you. So when you start behaving funny, you affect yourself and you affect the people around you. You don't affect God. God still loves you. <laughs> but we think, okay, now, because we manipulate and we do these kind of things in the marketplace to get our own way, to short, follow a shortcut to get what we want. We think it will work with God. God is not affected by that in any way. Go ask Jonah. God said, okay, you want to do it that way? That's fine. They're going to throw you overboard. Could have been much easier, but now you're going to go overboard. The Israelites are type of the church. When Moses stayed away too long, they made a golden calf. They said, you don't want to come and talk to us and tell us what God is saying. We'll make our own golden calf. And unfortunately, too many people today, because they want to take a shortcut, they have to write the test of the golden calf. All that gold of the golden calf that was intended for the temple, Moses said to them, make it fine. He put it in water and he said, drink it. And it's going to be useless to you and to the kingdom. No shortcuts. Turn to your neighbor and say this, no shortcuts. They should have just waited patiently and waited for Moses. Amen? If you know God has called you for something big, you know what the prophet T.B. Joshua says? He says, a big head draws big attention. What does that mean? He says, the bigger your calling, the greater things you have to go through, or the greater things you believe you have to do, the bigger your hat, the greater the challenges that you'll face. So you with big callings, you're probably going to have big strugglings as well. So just remain in faith and go through the process. Amen? Joseph had a big calling, big challenges. But prison, palace, he thinks he's there, back into prison. Daniel, just because he loved Jesus, just want to love Jesus and pray and honor him, gets thrown into the lion's den. 
There are certain unchangeable events you can do nothing about. Jesus could have changed these events. He prayed, he said, Father, if there's any way that this cup can pass me by, let it pass me by. But not my will be done, your will be done. No cup, no glory. No test, no testimony. So if you want that crown of glory, you're going to have to drink that cup. Amen? Family, there's always a way out. This is the one thing that God has promised us, that whatever you are facing, He will not leave you alone. He's going to show you what is the way out. Say, thank you, Jesus. Say it again. Say, thank you, Jesus. It doesn't matter what you are facing. God says, even though you're going through this process, I will be with you. I'll show you what is the way out. Don't get worried. Don't start to panic. God knows the way out. In every situation, He's always made a way. Listen what the Passion Translation says. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 13. We all experience times of testing. Does it say some? No. Everybody. You know, Jesus knew he had to go through a season of pain to enter into eternal gain. What would have happened if he had prayed and said, Father, let this cup pass me by? Or what would have happened if Jesus said, I'm not going to drink this cup? What would have happened to you and me? So sometimes what we go through is not just for ourselves, but it affects many other people's lives. Your obedience, allowing God to work with you, mold you, shaping you, so that He can fill you with His glory. Jesus could have come off the cross unhurt, but He didn't. He went through it. We all experience times of testing, which is normal for every human being. It's normal. You don't have to rebuke the devil. It's normal. Sometimes there's just some testing. It's a process. You missed a good place to say amen. We always want to blame the devil. The devil is throwing things at you, but it's just confirmation you're moving in the right direction. It's because he sees the glory that God has planned for you that he's throwing all these things at you. So just say, thank you, Jesus. I'm moving in the right direction. I'm not going to give up. We all experience times of testing, which is normal for every human being, but God will be faithful to you. He will screen and filter the severity, the nature and timing of every test or trial you face so that you can bear it. And each test is an opportunity to trust Him more. For along with every trial, God has provided for you a way of escape that will bring you out of it victoriously. God will not allow the enemy of your soul to test you above your ability or to give you more than what you can handle. When you know the secret of life, you will not complain about every situation and circumstance. But you'll start to say, thank you, Jesus. You are good in my testing. You are good in the hard times. You are good in the good times. Because you know God will see you through. The disciples say, we counted all joy. 
Because we know what God is going to do. We glory in tribulation. Why? Because they know the end. God will make a way. God will see them through. And they didn't try to take any shortcuts. But they went through the process. Even Job's wife gave him wrong advice and said, why don't you just curse God and die? Why do you still hold on to your integrity? He said, you speak as a foolish woman. God is in control of my life. And we know that God restored. And it was within 18 months, 9 to 18 months, God restored back to him. Amen? But he did not sin with his mouth in that season. God could take him through it. What if he had changed his confession and said, God is not faithful? What would have happened if he started to curse God? In your situation, keep your heart pure. Don't start to doubt God. Turn to life is what Ezekiel says. Make a decision and turn to life. In that difficulty, you either turn to death or you turn to life. Listen to me. That's why you have to train your heart before the time. Sometimes the challenges squeeze hard against us and we feel like we want to run away. Do you think Jesus prayed, Lord, if there's any way that this cup can pass me by? Do you think he just prayed it because he wanted to pray it? No. He was saying, I know this is going to be tough. If there's a way that I can get past it, Lord, please help me, my Father. That's desperation. But he said, yet, I'm not going to do it my way. Your way. Because I trust you. I know you're full of compassion and full of mercy. And if you're allowing this, it's for my good. It's for a reason. And the Bible says, Jesus endured it. Not because he looked at the pain, but because his eyes was on the glory. You and me being clothed with his presence, being restored into a relationship. There was no shortcut for him. He had to go through it. You know what's the good news? Jesus went through it so that you don't have to go through it. In that, that he died on the cross, he brought deliverance. Healing, salvation, breakthrough. We today look at plan A, B, and C before we come to Jesus and say, Lord, help me. Because when you seek healing, deliverance, breakthrough, many people try to take shortcuts and go to a spiritus or a herbalist. Whereas they can just come to Jesus. When you're looking for healing, when you're looking for deliverance, when you're looking for breakthrough, what you are actually looking for is Jesus. Most people just want the healing and the breakthrough, but they don't want a relationship with the healer, with the deliverer. So they want to see his works the shortcut. Just give it to me. But they don't want to learn his ways. The process. 
And Jesus wants a relationship with you. And there's no shortcuts in the relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We have to walk with him daily. You have to rely on him daily. The Old Testament, Moses gave the law. And they had to obey the Ten Commandments to be in relationship with Jesus. The law was perfect. The law was the word of God. They knew what to do, but they could never do it. All have sinned. Anybody kept the Ten Commandments in the past week? You didn't break any of the commandments? Let me see your hand. No, all of us are guilty. But Jesus said, I'm coming next to you. I have fulfilled the law. I'm going to help you. There's no shortcut. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to be with you on this journey all the way. If you make a mistake, I'm going to help you. I'm your advocate. I'm the one representing with you. You have to walk with me all the way. All the way. As you walk with me, you can know that you are blessed with every blessing in Christ Jesus. As you walk with me, you know my blood speaks for you of a better covenant, of a better promise. As you walk with me, you start to yield to God's will more than what you yield to your own will. And God takes you from where you are to where he wants you to be. I'm closing. James 5 or 7. Family, we have to get to a place where we look beyond our situation. Because beyond your situation lies the promise. If you cannot see beyond that, you will continue to complain. Tests. Let me just say this. Tests is actually there to speed track your promotion. Because when you pass the test, there's a promotion. So then you'll start viewing your test and your challenges differently. They're there to promote you. Goliath was there to promote David. Not only a blessing for him, but for his whole family. The lion's den was a test, but it brought promotion. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's test brought promotion. So when you pass your test, there's always promotion. So if you cannot see beyond your test, your situation, you'll continue to complain and to murmur. But when you look beyond that, you'll see there's promotion. Meanwhile, friends, wait patiently for the master's arrival. You see, farmers do this all the time, waiting for their valuable crops to mature. Patiently letting the rain do its slow but sure work. If you know God has planted a good seed, don't go dig it up. You'll never see a farmer do that. When he's planted it and it's being watered, he knows there's a process. It will start to grow. It will bear fruit. When you just see it starts growing, you don't go take it out and say, oh, look, it started. No, no, you leave it. Let it have its full growth. Be patient. Through faith and patience, they inherited the promise. Be patient like that. Stay steady and strong. The master could arrive at any time. Friends, don't complain about each other. There's no competition in destiny. Sometimes we compare ourselves to the person next to us. Your destiny is not compared to my destiny. So we don't have to compare each other or look at each other and say, oh, 
This guy's only been serving God for one year. I've been serving God for 10 years. Why is God blessing him like this? Why is he doing that? It's still a long race. Don't complain about each other. A far greater complaint could be lodged against you. You know. Nobody says amen now. (laughs) There's a saying they say, if you point one finger at somebody, remember there are three fingers pointing back at you. The greater complaint. Amen. The judge is standing just around the corner. Take the old prophets as your mentors. They put up with anything, went through everything, and never once quit. Have you put up with anything, went through everything, and never once quit? All the time honoring God. That's a challenging statement. What a gift life is to those who stay the course. You've heard, of course, of Job's staying power. And you know how God brought it all together for him at the end. That's because God cares, cares right down to the last detail. The farmer waits patiently. There's no shortcut in getting that harvest. It has to grow. In that time of allowing it to grow, God can bless it, make the roots stronger, let it grow much higher, produce more fruit on it. But if you interfere there, it cannot yield the fruit that it's supposed to yield. God has planned good things for you. He has not changed his mind. Nothing can stop what God has planned for you. Nothing. You're the only one that can hinder that. But God wants to do it. There's no need for us to take any shortcuts. God is in control. We have to allow it to go through the process to be at the right time for God to do what he wants to do. I'll tell you this. I'm closing with this. This is the 15th year of the church and we're building a church now. When I was younger, I thought, no, these people that wait 10 or 15 years, it will not be my case. We'll do it much quicker. And the more I tried to do it myself, the less it worked. Because God chooses grace rather than works so that no man can boast. If I had done it then, maybe I'd be boasting today. And saying, look what we've done. But now I know it's a work of grace. I've gone through a process where things didn't want to work out. People messed me around when we wanted to buy a piece of land. But we stayed the course and we said, we know God wants to do it. At the right time when it's God, you'll see there's a force from heaven that comes from behind. And things just fall into place. And it's not a work anymore. It is just God's grace so that no man can boast so that we can just say this is the lord that has built this house we've done what we're supposed to do but it was god who built this house no man can boast no man can say they have done it it's god that's done it there's no shortcuts in it now we can say god is making it beautiful in its time then when i was younger just wanted to do it god had to deal it what would have happened if joseph became a ruler when he was young, when his brothers had just thrown him into the pit. Maybe he would have killed them. But after God had allowed him to go through the process, he could forgive his brothers. He could bless them. He could demonstrate the nature of Christ 
and not his emotions that might have ruled him then. There's no shortcuts. For you to become what God wants you to be, you have to go through a process. God is going to mold you and shape you and form you. Think about our president, um, Mr. Mandela. When he came out of prison, he united a whole nation. One of the greatest leaders this world has ever seen. But go and think about the process he had to go through. You say, oh my God, am I prepared to go through that to be such a great leader? Today everybody wants to take shortcuts to be leaders. But to be a leader with a difference, there's no shortcuts. See you Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ, loving God, loving people.